You're listening to the Kansas State Department of Education Insight Podcast, where we bring you conversations and information on our vision to lead the world and the success of each student. Welcome back to the April version of the KSD Insight Podcast. I'm Randy Watson, Commissioner of Education. We're so glad you come and hang out with us every month as we talk about the board's priorities and, and outcomes and and uh, really focus on the great work going on in schools and and uh, and how we're going to accomplish these really big goals in front of us uh, throughout the state. Thanks for tuning in every month, and we're excited, as always, this month, no exception, be talking about graduation and, and what's going on with the graduation task force and the possibility of maybe making some changes in graduation requirements, which we only do maybe once in a generation or so. So it's really important work. So soon we're going to be talking to Dr. David Fernkoff, Assistant Director of Curricular Standards, uh, Virtual Schools, and All Things Graduation, and Dr. Robin Kelso, uh, Education Program Consultant here at KSD, also uh, around Curricular Standards and Graduation. But before we get to that, let's celebrate some things. It's April. And other than everyone's doing their taxes, let's really talk about the important stuff of celebrating librarians, library media specialists, and staff. And we want to thank you for all that you do in Kansas. What, you know, I think about jobs just off the top of my head that were really changed in the last 20 years. I would put library media specialists and journalists probably in those two categories. Their, their worlds have just changed dramatically from uh, the Dewey Decimal System of a card catalog system to the Internet, and then all the changes that we've seen in journalism. So thank you, because that's, that's learning almost a whole new trade for a librarian and media specialist. And we appreciate your work and everything from not only helping kids choose great literary works and books to uh, training kids how to uh, differentiate between uh, social media events and things that they read and just all the great work, the research that that you help students do, et cetera. Also, we've been, we're recognizing in April assistant principals. Wow. I remember, I remember that was my first move into administration, assistant principal. What work, you know, you get to do a, a little bit of everything, but a lot of student management, a lot of master schedules, a lot of activity work, a lot of nights. And, and so we just want to thank those assistant principals and shout out to all of those across Kansas and thank you for the work that you do. And finally, in our recognition uh, in April, we want to shout out and not forget the paraprofessionals that work every day, uh, mostly with special needs students, but in, in some schools, we broaden that into regular education too. They are just remarkable people and, and really heroes every day with students and unsung heroes. We want to thank them for all of their work. And you can find a special story about Ricky Prado. We're proud of uh, Ricky's work and the representation of the paraprofessionals. Go to our website, ksde.org. Do a little search for that story that we did on him. And we want to we wanna really thank, again, those people that are doing that great work. Finally, kind of an announcement. I don't know if you've been following, and many of you know that Kansas has a state flower. I think most of us would know it's a sunflower. Most of us know the tree, that cottonwood. And if you have one or live next to one, you certainly know it every year when it sheds its its great cotton. Uh, but did you know we're thinking about getting a state fruit? 
And if you think about Kansas, that, that would really baffle you. And well, that throws the banana out, right? They're thinking about state fruit, but the efforts that are going on about what the state fruit should be, we're going to a ton of credit to Sabetha Elementary School, Prairie Hills Unified School District 113. They started work on some civics uh, engagement well over a year ago, and they are proposing that the Sand Hill Plum become the state fruit. We're getting behind them just because we love civic engagement. Even if we don't love plums, we love civic engagement. So we're all behind these students because by their work, they're very close in having a state-designated fruit. So we want to say congratulations to all the hard work. They know that you just don't come up with an idea, and 30 days later it becomes law. It takes a lot of effort, and we'll see what happens. But we're going to encourage them through the rest of this session until the final gavel, and hopefully they get that accomplished. So great civic engagement going on up at Sabetha Elementary School in the Prairie Hill School District. We really appreciate your work. What a lot of celebration. A lot of good work. A lot of great work in April. We sat here uh, doing the podcast today. It's one of the uh, cooler days we probably are going to have in April, so we're still trying to get spring here. Uh, as you're listening to this, it may be already well into into spring and, and, and great weather. But we're really uh, happy, as I mentioned earlier, to have Dr. David Fernkoff, Dr. Robin Kelso with us today to talk about graduation and specifically graduation task force that's going to be reporting to the state board maybe as early as May. That's kind of the tentative time frame, but certainly here late in the spring or early in the summer about their work. We're going to talk a lot about that. But first, David, let's just talk about why is graduation from high school important? And then we'll talk about the requirements with you and Robin about what's going on with the task force. We know that one of the important things for students to be uh, successful after high school is that graduation, that high school diploma can really um, help students be more successful once they leave high school. And so that's one of the big areas that we focus on with students is um, making sure they get all the requirements that are necessary so that they can get that high school diploma so they can be more successful once they do leave high school. Yeah, it's that basic education from from ever, right, uh, since uh, the 40s or 50s. You go back far enough, it was an eighth grade education, and then you only went to high school if you were planning to go to college. But uh, I don't know of many kids that come across eighth grade recognition that go, I'm done. Uh, no, no, we, we need you to finish high school. And uh, then we have to talk about those skill sets, right? Because then maybe those have changed over the years. And as employers are saying, well, let's look at people that don't have a college degree or a technical degree. What are the skill sets that are needed in uh, the decade of the 2020s? That'll help uh, students be successful. And I'm going to guess, David and Robin, that we're not all in agreement across the state of Kansas, across the nation on what those should be, which is a good thing, right? We're discussing those. So we have a graduation task force made up of principals and teachers and just a lot of people. And you guys are doing great work on that and helping coordinate that and giving them great insight. Robin, let's, let's just ask you, what are the areas in general, that that task force is looking at. And then we'll delve into some of the details because we want we want people that listen to this to give us some feedback. So can you go over some of those areas? After the task force was initially convened and we had some background information, it was kind of devolved into three um, subgroups or uh, subcommittees, if you will. Uh, the first group was looking at credits, whether they need, we need to add courses or delete courses, what is high school and, and all of that look like in the 21st century. The second group was dealing with the question of market value assets. That's like a your high school diploma plus 
a trade certification plus some college credits, um, however that's defined by the local district. And the last group was looking at competency-based education, which is a departure from what we've normally done here in Kansas. It's looking at how a student achieves mastery of a competency with no specific time frame set for that student. It's just when they reach that mastery, they move on. Yeah, excellent. So three big buckets, if mm-hmm. I think of them, which is what courses do we need or not need? Uh, can we move it at a pace and show you that we know something without spending all day in a, in a class or all year in a course? And and then are there other things that we ought to add on, community service or an ACT score in conjunction? Many, many things with high school diploma. So, David and Robin, let's now dig a little deeper. David, let's start kind of the courses. Sure. So let's just talk about within that little uh, subgroup, little, These none of these are little. No. What are some of the things that are being considered and talked about? Nothing's been final because, as I mentioned earlier and where I'm going to mention several times, we need your feedback. and we're going to give that out to you at the end of this. How do you give feedback to the committee? What courses, what, what's the discussion that's going on around what to add or what to delete? Sure. So there's been lots of conversations and currently 21 credits is what is required for graduation at the state minimum here in Kansas. And with all the conversations going on, they're still leaning at that 21 credits, just changing a little bit what those 21 credits are to get to that state minimum, recognizing that high schools can most definitely add more to that requirements before the students eligible to graduate at their local high school. One area that's been looked at is fine arts. And there's been conversations whether the current requirement of the one full credit of fine arts is going to stay or whether they may drop that down to a 0.5 of credit. Um, definitely some conversations going on about that. Another area that's been looked at is the HGSS requirements. I believe it's three right now. And they're looking at perhaps lowering that so that they can utilize a few of the other courses that haven't been required in the past to be required. Um, Robin, I think you might have a little bit more insight. Yeah. The research is bearing out, as, as you both know, that uh, we've got some students who don't need that four-year degree necessarily. They want to be a cosmetologist. And so what does that look like for them? And, and how do they get that licensure? And how do they get that training? And so looking at courses that not only encompass the, the student who's going to college to be a doctor, to be an engineer, to be a lawyer, but also those courses that may help uh, a, a student go from a CNA to a CMA to an RN, um, and how can we facilitate that process starting in high school along with the traditional core courses and the fine arts and humanities? I, th- I think any adult that, that's gone through uh, a high school in the last 40 years would say, well, there are just some courses I questioned whether I needed. And that, that would vary, I think, you know, across. But you hear that a lot maybe about math. And I don't know if I needed that that high-level math. Don't know, you know, if I went into a humanities, if you're in an engineering, you're probably saying, I don't know if I needed that Shakespeare unit. Uh, and so we, we hear that all the time. But some of the things I hear, I'm just going to pose it to both of you. Can't they just balance their checkbook? And don't they know about loans as personal financial literacy? I hear some about computer science coming up. Of course, well, I'm, I'm, I'm like you guys, uh, as we're discussing fine arts, we need more fine arts, you know, an appreciation of the culture of the arts. Can you talk about a little bit, either one of you, about kind of the the changing society? Uh, we certainly wouldn't have been talking about coding right. or computer science back when, uh, as old as I am, you'd go to college and they were on. You brought in your your cards to run into the mainframe uh, because the personal computer had yet to be really a, a mainstream thing. 
Can you talk about those kind of those things we hear from the public? And, and that's what our survey has really shown some fruit around that idea of some kind of personal finance or financial literacy, however you'd like to frame it or title it. Just that idea of, you know, or even just adulting 101. Can students change a tire? Can they balance a checkbook? Do they know how to advocate for themselves? You know, whether that's in a bank loan situation or in a car loan situation so that you don't necessarily maybe get taken advantage of. The, the survey that's out there is really showing that the public feels that that is something that's needed. Um, and so that is something we are looking at and, and having conversations around adding that, however it ends up being titled, personal finance, financial literacy as a requirement for graduation. I've, I've seen comments on the survey, everything from, you know, winning the well-rounded student that can be successful, especially if they change their mind after they're out of high school, that they still have some skill sets that can um, fall back on what they've learned from high school, but also that, you know, we're preparing these students for jobs that may not even be created yet. So trying to make sure they have some skills that they can draw upon that maybe they didn't think they needed at first when they're graduating, but even a few years down the road, they could draw upon those skills to use them. Yeah, agree yeah, with that. One of those, you know, one of the fastest growing fields in Kansas across the United States, cybersecurity. We weren't thinking much about that. And I think even with the uh, Russian invasion in Ukraine, there was early talk about it, cybersecurity at a national level. And certainly uh, we, we've all probably experienced that, in, in, you know, with a debit card or a credit card from time to time. Lots of discussions and everyone's got an opinion. And as, as Robin said, when we get to the end, we'll, we'll, we'll specifically tell you how to give your opinion. But we do have looking at are there courses that should be diminished should there be courses increased? And then, of course, local districts will have flexibility of adding their own flavor to this. So we just have a base requirement. David, the second part of that, though, is this mastery of competencies, or can I show you that I know this stuff without setting through a whole year or a whole day of a course? And that's a very simple generalization. Delve into that. Let's talk about what does that look like? What does that mean? Absolutely. Well, the first thing that we discovered as a task force is we we're looking into things that uh, schools are already allowed to do, but they may not be well aware um, through back in the time with the QPA is the principal can have the ability to sign off on, on a student's credit without that credit going through the traditional credits through the high school. So, for example, a student might be in the local drama program in the community and perform in a few plays. Well, you could give student credit for that. That could be their fine arts credit. Um, things of that nature that students are doing a lot of things outside of the school day that could count towards the students' requirements to graduate so they can use their time at school to use some other credits to help them be even more prepared for college and after high school. It, it really gets away from this idea of seat time, don't you think? That Oh, absolutely. And seat time could still be an option. Yep. You know, for I like the, the traditional education, but what if I don't? I have two examples that I just, I think, illustrate this very well. These are, these now are all, both of these uh, young people are well uh, into adulthood and, and successful. But I remember uh, a few years ago, the Olympics were getting close, Summer Olympics, and we had a young lady who was in upper middle school and was a very good gymnast. And she was, in fact, very close to making the United States Olympic team. I mean, she was going to be close, either an alternate or, or on it in going to the Summer Olympics. To do that, she needed to drive a fair ways every day for practice, which was four and five hours a day. And she said to her school, can I just not take PE? Can we move PE to the last hour of the day? I get out of that, not have PE because of gymnastics, and then go 
and do that and count that as my PE credit. And that would also get me home a little earlier because I have a lot of homework. And of course, the answer was, no, we can't do that because, you know, everyone's got to take PE. But in this case, we, school could easily and, and can do it now, but we really want to emphasize that. Or I know someone else that um, got a recording contract in Nashville, issued a CD, I mean, you know, uh, an album, and, and had to miss some school and had to make up time. And, and here we have a recording contract. So trading out those competencies, we want to make sure schools understand, parents understand, maybe that's an option. Maybe it's part of an option as you also look at seat time. Maybe it's in the entire option. And for any of you uh, students or, that are parents that have had students in alternative schools, know they do that really well. This is just bringing that a little bit more mainstream. Now, Robin and David, let's take a look at that last area, market value assets, which even for most educators are going, scratching the head going, what in the heck does that mean? Maybe as simple as I have a high school graduation plus something else. So Robin, can you start as David and then jump in? What what does that really mean? Give, give us some examples of what schools could add that really, when we say market value, it's what the world of business or industry work would, would want to see, right? Right. So KCKPS is probably the district that does this the best. Um, and they've got several, as I understand it, they have several different options. You get your diploma, plus you leave close to your associates, plus you join JROTC all four years and you leave with your boot camp taken care of and you're ready to move into your next stage of training for the military. Plus, you know, you're on your path to your credential, industry recognized credential, whether that's plumbing, cosmetology, electricity, uh, it, it gets you. And, and oftentimes in that industry piece, the school has a partnership with a nearby community college that has a similar pathway. So the transition should be fairly seamless. And, and like I said, KCKPS is one that's really out in front on this, just doing a phenomenal job. And I don't know if my colleague David wants to add yeah, to that. Yeah, uh, yeah, they've been doing it for quite a while. Absolutely. At the last board meeting, we were able to have Valley Falls come and speak about the work that they're doing in their district. And they have numerous different things that their students were doing outside of just the regular credits required for the student to graduate and um, I think that would be a great resource to, to go back and, and to listen to is uh, what's going on at Valley Falls. Uh, excellent. Now, David, Robin just gave some great examples, and certainly the Diploma Plus program in, in KCK is a great example. Okay, but I think people are going to hear that and go, well, so I have to have an associate degree? Plus? No, we're talking about individualizing that, right? That Absolutely. schools would individualize that. So you have your individual plans of study. Um, each student should have that working through their high school years, and that helps the district know what the student's wanting to do, and it also helps the student explore and really find a, a path that they might be interested in and helping them maybe even have a certificate in that area, say it's, it's welding. Maybe they are able to take a, some classes on welding so that when they get out of high school, they aren't starting completely from scratch on trying to get a job in welding. They'll have some certificates they can fall back onto. Yeah, lots of variety tailored to the individual needs of students. So three big buckets. We're looking at courses to add or delete. We're looking at how can students maybe show that I know they have the knowledge or the skills in this course without attending it or attending all of it. And then what are those other skills or things I can show that will enhance me um, beyond the high school uh, education? Now, people are listening and going, I got some ideas. I got some ideas what we should be doing. How do they do that? How do they give input? And they need to be doing it now in the month of April 
because the recommendations may come as soon as uh, the state board meeting in May. So, David, tell us how we do that. Absolutely. So there's a web link that we should be able to provide, um, and it's a very quick survey just to give some feedback, some open answer in questions, so you can definitely put your opinions on what you think would be best for our students here in Kansas. So we'd love to hear from you. Um, so please, uh, but make sure to do it quickly because that survey will be closing sooner than later, and we want to make sure to hear from as many people as possible. And it doesn't matter whether you're an educator or a parent. We're asking everyone. So if you're an educator and you're going to church, Give it out there, you know, hey, get a few. You're at Bunko. Well, let's let's get this going. It doesn't matter. Uh, you're a Kansan. We want your input. So you simply go to ksd.org and you can link up right there. You also can be checking out our website, uh, our, our social media on Twitter and on Facebook, and, and you can clearly see those links. And if nothing else works and you say, I listen to this podcast, I can't find anything, you give us a call here at the agency, and we'll we'll get you linked up to that because we want your input. David, Robin, anything I've left out around the graduation task force or the importance of graduation that we ought to leave our listeners with today? The only thing I can think of, and this is, of course, just uh, some very limited research, but uh, I came across a study mm, several weeks, months ago. The student who has that high school diploma over the course of their lifetime is going to earn a million dollars more than the student who does not complete their high school education. So just from a dollars and cents perspective, students sometimes say, well, well, they're not paying me to be here. Well, here's the payoff. You know, you get that high school diploma, your lifetime earnings are going to go up substantially. Yeah. Yes, very, very good. Dr. Robin Kelso, Dr. David Fernkoff, thank you for being with us and talking all things graduation and graduation task force. We thank you for always coming to, to our podcast for the great source of information about what's going on in education in Kansas. I look forward to being with you in the month of May as we continue our discussion around the state board goals and outcomes and how the people in Kansas are transforming education for our students and families in Kansas so that they have a a really great life ahead of them. Thanks, and we look forward to uh, talking with you in May.